Darren. We pick up this morning where we left off last week in the midst of Toy Story. We pick up as the residents of Andy's room have been through much turmoil. You weren't here last week, were you? We started the gospel according to Toy Story. Do you think that God can work through a children's movie to teach the gospel? Good answer. The residents of Andy's room have been through much turmoil. In the beginning, all was well in their world. Life was predictable. Woody, the sheriff, was in charge. The toys' lives revolved around Andy. They knew their places in the greater world. And then Buzz came. Buzz came and upset the apple cart. He threw the entire world that was Andy's room into turmoil. All of a sudden, life was no longer predictable. It was anything but. Buzz believed that he was on a mission from Star Command. He would not listen to anything that Woody had to say about what it really meant to be Andy's toy. All of this anxiety and drama was too much for the toys. All of this turmoil upset every part of their world. There comes a point in the movie where Buzz points out to an already stressed out Woody and the rest of the toys that he truly now belongs to Andy. Buzz says, I have been accepted into your culture. It seems your chief Andy has inscribed his name on me. With this proud proclamation, Buzz lifts his foot and shows the toys that Andy has written his name on the bottom of Buzz's boot. Wow, exclaims Rex, the dinosaur, with permanent ink, too. In that moment, it becomes too much for Woody to bear. As he looks down at his own boot and sees the scuffed and faded name that is written there. To Woody, seeing Andy's name written in permanent ink on the shiny purple boot of the Space Ranger confirmed that Woody had indeed been replaced. You see, no other toy bore the name of Andy on their foot. It had only been Woody. It had only been Woody that had been marked. He was the only one who bore Andy's name until now. Woody was quickly overcome by all of the emotions that he had, and it wasn't long before a plan is hatched to knock Buzz behind the dresser and to hope that Andy forgets all about him. Unfortunately, as often happens when we decide to take matters into our own hands, in the midst of our emotions, the plan goes awry and Woody knocks Buzz out of the window. Why would a good guy, a man of the law, a peacekeeper, go to such extremes and hatch a plan that would ultimately hurt the Space Ranger. This fall from the window could have been the end of Buzz. In fact, it almost was the end of Buzz a couple times. And Woody's life becomes more and more complicated after he tries to fix things by knocking Buzz out of the window. The other toys find out and they all become angry. The entire room turns against him. Woody tries to rescue Buzz and accidentally gets left at the gas station. And then they're both lost. 
Things go from bad to worse to even worse. This simple child's movie paints a vivid picture of what can happen, what will happen when we become overwhelmed by our own emotions. When we try to take matters into our own hands to to fix our worlds, even if it means turning against someone else. Things can and will quickly spiral out of control. More damage can be done than we even realize. Before you know it, the whole world is turned upside down because we couldn't manage ourselves and our emotions in a time of trial. Have you ever been here? Or is this just a children's movie? You see, Woody, Woody felt threatened. And so he tried to fix the problem by knocking Buzz behind the dresser so that Andy would forget about him. And Andy would remember how important Woody was. Then things escalated quickly. Andy's room became enveloped in turmoil. Sides were chosen, lines were drawn. Woody lost all of his friends and almost lost everything. And it all happened very, very quickly. Is this just a child's movie? Or is it an entertaining movie that captures how we as humans sometimes mishandle ourselves, don't handle ourselves well? Toy Story was made in the year 1995. That made my heart skip a beat. I like to think the 90s were the last decade. In my mind, they are. But in 1995, the movie was made, and and this cute family movie addressed what happens when we lose sight of our true identity. The Apostle Paul's letter that Darren read a part of this morning was written in approximately the year 53. Paul's letter to the church at Corinth addresses what happens when we lose sight of our true identity. Paul begins with greetings to God's church that is in Corinth. He says, to those who have been made holy in God through Christ Jesus, who are called to be God's people. Paul is writing to the Corinthians to address issues of division within their local church. It would be as if Paul were writing to us here at St. Paul's to address divisions Divisions that I pray would never, ever happen here. Paul is writing to the Corinthians to address divisions within their church. He begins his letter by reminding them of their identity. He's reminding them of who they are and what they must claim in order to overcome the division that they themselves have created in the church. He says those made holy to God in Jesus, who are called to be God's people. Paul is saying, remember who you are and remember what you are called to be. You see, the people had lost sight of their identity and they've been scrambling to find their footing just as Woody did in Andy's room. 
Woody began to feel his identity as Andy's toy was slipping away, and so he began to scramble to fix things, to right the ship, to reestablish himself before it's too late. The church at Corinth finds itself having an identity crisis. And in the midst of their identity crisis, they have tried to reestablish who they are. And some have said, I belong in this group. And some have said, no, I belong over here in this group. Some said, I belong to Paul. Others, I belong to Apollos. And yet others, I belong to Cephas. And finally, some who said, I belong to Christ. Fueled by their emotions, people are scrambling to establish a sense of control. There are disagreements. They can't agree on anything, it seems. And so the Apostle Paul responds to the cries of of Chloe's people, come and help the church. And so Paul writes to them in an attempt to lead them through this crisis. And what is the first thing that he says to them? Now I appeal to you. He says, I encourage you, I plead with you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to hear the tone of the apostles' words. He says, now I appeal to you, my brothers and my sisters, in the name of our common Lord Jesus Christ. He is saying, listen, family, You are my family. You are my brothers and sisters. I'm not just some church leader, some pastor, some bishop. No, I'm your family. Remember, we have been knit together through the saving work of God. And so I appeal to you, I beg you, my brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul invokes the name of Jesus. He's not messing around. Because he knows that division is a bad thing. Amen? How would we handle it if our church split down the middle and some said, I belong over here and I belong over here? This is our family. That's what they were looking at. And we are seeing this on a grand scale right now. We're seeing it played out in our world. Racial division, socioeconomic division, political division, cultural division. You name it, we've got it. But obviously, this isn't a new issue. The Apostle Paul was addressing division in the year 53. I say that division truly began in the first days of creation. We read it in the first pages of Genesis, where humanity experienced the fall and we were divided from the physical presence of God. And division has remained each and every day since then. Bishop Gregory Palmer, who's the bishop of the West Ohio Conference of the United Methodist Church, he preached on division once. He said he had listened to people gripe and complain about the current state of our world. And this was years ago that I heard him. He felt called to remind the people that division has been a part of our world for as long as humanity has been a part of our world. Division began in the garden, played out through Cain and Abel, 
and through the ministry of Christ and beyond. We read it in the letters from Paul and others. We hear of it through our world's history. We see it in our own world. Bishop Palmer did not agree with the cries that at that time it was the most divided that the world had ever been. He said this has been a problem for every generation. He remarked in his sermon that yes, great division exists, but we can't claim that as our own. Each generation has seen that. He said, you're cute, but you're not special. And at first I thought he was being flip about something that was very, very serious. But then I heard the plain truth in his words. Trouble has existed as long as we have. And God has been working through us and within the mess that we make since humanity began. And God will continue to work through us and within the messes that we make for as long as God allows. All we can do is allow ourselves to hear the truth when it is presented to us. The church at Corinth needed to hear the truth as the Apostle Paul presented it to them. I beg you, my brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ, agree with each other. Do not be, do not be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. Paul says, remember who you truly are and remember what you are called to do. You need to agree with one another. We need to remember the commonality of our beliefs. We believe that Jesus the Christ, he says, came and lived among us a mere 53 years ago. We know of his life. We know of his ministry. We know of his death and resurrection. We know that he died for us, for you and for me. He says, we may not agree on everything. We may not agree on anything else. But these things we can agree on because it is these things that allow us to fulfill our purpose. We need to agree on the cross and the work of the cross and the work of the Savior so that we can continue to preach of this saving gospel. This is the work of the church and its people. This is our family business. And if we let all of these petty disagreements happen and fester and divide us, he says, then we're losing sight of what God has called us to do. You know, in our world today, when we see political leaders at any level, we see it at the local level, we see it as it goes up the chain to the federal and leaders worldwide, we become frustrated when we let, when we see that division can separate them from the work of the people. We become frustrated and we call for unity and for the work to be accomplished. This same thing applies to our lives. When we become lost in the weeds of the world, we're off mission. When we forget who we are, who, whose we are, 
When we lose sight of our true identity, we lose perspective and we become separated from our mission. And division can happen. It happens anywhere in our lives, in our friendships, in our relationships, in our homes, in our workplaces, everywhere we go. When we forget who we are, we get off mission. When we lose sight of who we are and we forget the family that we belong to, it's so easy to become divided from one another. It's so easy to look at another as the person standing over the line, on the other team, the rival. We become divided from those around us and we lose sight of the mission that God is calling us to do. The Apostle Paul asks if Christ has been divided. He is reminding his brothers and sisters that we are all one in Christ Jesus. We have that in common. We won't always agree, but we can agree on this. That Christ sees value in each one of us. Christ calls us to love God and love our neighbor. The rest will work itself out. Woody and Buzz will finally come to the conclusion that Andy's room is big enough for the both of them. More than that, Andy's room is bigger, big enough for all of them, all of the toys. And you might still think that this Toy Story analogy is silly. And that's okay, because I'm having fun. You might still wonder how Andy writing or how Andy writing his name on the cowboy boot of a toy sheriff and the boot of a space ranger reflects the love of God. You might wonder how Buzz and Woody's named and claimed identity reflects our identities in Christ. You might hope that I stretched before I took that big a leap. I don't think it's that big. I think this is a glimpse of true life, of what we do when we get nervous, when we're afraid that this world isn't big enough for the two of us or the rival group or that maybe God favors them a little better. You might wonder how Buzz and Woody's identity reflects us. Here are these words from the prophet Isaiah. He writes, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. The Lord says, can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these might forget, yet I will never forget you. You see, I have inscribed you in the palms of my hand. Andy and Woody bore the mark, excuse me, Buzz and Woody bore the mark of their Andy. Their identity was found in who they belonged to. The rest could work itself out. Your name is written on the hand of Almighty God. Your name has been claimed by God. Your identity is found in who you belong to.
When God looks down with pride, he sees you and your name. Don't ever forget who has claimed you as his own. Brothers and sisters, I plead with you. Never forget who you belong to. Let it define you and your life. Let it weigh more than what anyone else says or thinks or does. Let it keep you on mission. The rest will work itself out. The world really is big enough for all of us because we all belong to Almighty God. We can agree on that. Amen? Let's stand and sing.